Welcome to Screen Thoughts with Hollister and O'Toole. Here we are on Cape Cod getting ready to go off to the Provincetown Film Festival this weekend. That's and right. I know, so exciting. O'Toole has put together an incredible long laundry list of films. Any highlights? Well, the Film Festival really put together the incredible well, uh, yeah, list as far as of films. So what are we going to be seeing? Any, oh, we're any see hints? So many things. The new John the Carey movie with Ewan McGregor. And your guy from Homeland. I love him. Damian Lewis. Yes. We've got some documentaries on the list. Great, great, great. independent film. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, it sounds, it really, really looks like they put together an incredible, uh, incredible selection for, for the weekend. So that's super. And Cynthia Nixon and Oscar winner Ang Lee are going to be feted by the festival. All right, moving right along. I want to say that I have a guilty pleasure this week that I found. Oh. Yeah, I found it on Netflix. You have my full attention. Okay, it's called Fixer Upper. Oh. Okay. What are what who or what are they okay, fixing? Okay, it up? takes place in Waco, Texas. Um, more obviously known for you know the the big federal uh, situation there, but yes. this couple who could not be more entertaining. They for they 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 show a couple three houses. And then, and whatever the budget is, and then they sort of, one's always a dive, total rehab kind of thing, one's sort of not. Anyway, three amazing houses, and then the couple chooses which one they're going to buy, and then they totally renovate within the budget that the couple has. Now, first of all, it's so fun, because first you have to decide, okay, I think they're going to pick house number A. And so far, so good for me. I've pretty much picked out the one that I thought they would pick. Nicely done, and Hollister. Then, can I tell you how talented these people are? But not only that, you're talking about houses that are not million-dollar houses. It's like this house goes for $160,000. They put $40,000 in, and I want to move to Waco, Texas. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And I am having a, such a good time watching it. And I don't know what to say about it, but I just wanted to sort of shoot that out there that Fixer Upper on Netflix is a great show. What? Some more original programming yeah. for Netflix. Well, it's funny. It, it, it comes from HGTV, oh, which H- I, is yeah, HG must stand for Home and, and Garden. Garden. Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'd never heard about it, and it came on my list of things I might enjoy, which tells you the kind of things that... Uh, me and my posse are watching on my Netflix account. So anyway, I just want to put it out there and come out of the closet and say, I am a fixer-upper girl following it sort of like how people watch TV shows about food, but you can't, but they don't cook. That's me too. I mean, do you do that ever? Not yet. Okay. Has it inspired you to do any home changes? No, not yet. Okay. (laughs) And in fact, I will just say we're at actually at my house taping and O'Toole just went into my refrigerator and said, it always looks like I've just moved in. Which I mean in a good way. Like, yeah, it's a house it's empty. cleaner than <laughs> okay. when you've moved in. Okay. You know? Well, yeah, well, I'm glad whatever. you're not making me pay. I think she means there's no food in the refrigerator at all. But anyway, moving along. I'm your Kramer. <laughs> today, exactly. Okay, today we saw, well, you saw it in Florida. At the, I saw it at the Miami International Film Festival right, in March. I had already left, and I saw Maggie's Plan. Today at the Cape Cinema on mm-hmm. Cape Cod. Hi, Beverly. I got two checks this month. Not that I'm complaining. So anyway, uh, excuse should I just... me. I'm, I'm sorry I couldn't help but overhear this young woman got two checks, and I, I haven't, I don't have any. You know John Harding. He's one of the bad boys of fictocritical anthropology. His wife. Apparently, she's some sort of monster. Wanted to return your book. Then again. I have heard myself described as a psychotic bitch, but I think I'm actually pretty nice. And what say you? You start us off. 
Okay, well, this movie was written and directed by Rebecca Miller. It was. And I love the fact she was there for the screening down in Miami in March, and she said it was based on a friend's unpublished novel. And I thought, what a great friend to have who just takes your of unpublished course. novel, turns it into a movie, and it gets distribution by Sony. Right. Now, she but, did Personal Velocity and also Private Lives of Pippa Lee. And I hated the title of Private Lives of Pippa Lee so much because the Pippa can only be long stocking. Oh, that's Pippi. I know, but you, it, it just doesn't belong. <laughs> I just too. I didn't see it. Did you oh, Have really? you seen either of those two? I saw it when it came out, and I feel like that was the beginning of Robin Wright's Renaissance. Huh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Um, did you see The Ballad of Jack and Rose? I did not. And did you see Proof? This was a movie that Rebecca Miller has a screenwriting credit on, but it was directed by someone else. But she was one of the screenwriters on Proof with Gwyneth Paltrow, Anthony Hopkins, and Jake Chillenhall based yes, on the play. I remember it. Yep. 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 That was a great movie, actually. Mm-hmm. But it was based on the play. And you, you know, it wasn't totally from her own place. But this wasn't either. This was also taken from a novel. That's right. I think it was brilliantly written. You Do know, you? It's, it's one of those quirky, character-driven oh God, movies. Yes. And Tim Miller from the Cape Cod Times, he wrote about it this morning, that it's like a Woody Allen movie with no Woody Allen. It's based in New York with neurotic people, hyperverbal people. That's actually a great comment. Isn't I, that I think wonderful? he's absolutely right yeah, on target. I love Tim Miller's write-ups and you know even the music is very Woody Allen-esque but with no sign of Woody Allen. Right. So obviously with female characters who are, you know, much more fully drawn. There were some amazing lines. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I overheard your conversation about how like is a language prophylactic. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meaning that when you say something like, well, it is like X, I thought that was brilliant. Didn't you think that was amazing? It's so, the the dialogue, having oh. seen it for a second time, it's one of those movies that warrants a second viewing. You know, and it starts out, one of the first words used in the movie, uttered by Bill Hader, Saturday Night Live Who, alum. by the way, what a talented actor, this, perfect comedic timing, yeah. but able to go the other side too. I think that guy is one great actor. Who we know from Trainwreck, and uh-huh. he's married to Maya Rudolph in this and film. And didn't it look Another like they should SNL be married? Alum. I think, you know, it's one of those yeah. things where you think they're going to end up together. It reminds me of Danny DeVito when he married Carla from Cheers. <laughs> it was exa- do you, it was that couple. Do you know what I mean? That was the perfect couple, don't you think? Oh, that's funny. But did you notice one of the first words he used in the movie is fuss budget? I mean, no, it's filled with some words uh-huh. like she's going on a constitutional or, you know, they're going to do something post-haste. Definitely an academic, quirky romance. Hard. No. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, Beverly says the check's in the mail. Can I join you? But they've also cast it in a way. Ethan Hawke is in this mm-hmm. film. I don't know that much about Ethan Hawke. I mean, he he's always sort of ethereal to me, and I don't really get a sense of who he is. But in this film, the way he delivers some of the lines, mm-hmm. I think he's a really, really much better actor than I ever knew. You know, it's funny because he yeah. lives in that neighborhood uh-huh. in New York City, and he's played such a wide range of roles in yes. such different yeah. genres. But I have to hand it to Ethan Hawke. He does a great job in these hyper-verbal movies <laughs> where he's supposed to be one of the love interests. Well, at one point, you know, she says that when she was born, she was, she was conceived and years after her parents got divorced on a one-night stand they had and she said that her mother said that um that she believed that happened because she just had to be born Mm -hmm. 
Okay, and so time passes, and then he is leaving the, the apartment, and he turns around and he says to her, I believe it, you know. And she said, you believe what? And he says, I believe that you had to be born. And by the way, the poignancy of the delivery of it is what makes that line totally one of the best lines in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it's an innocuous line. It's clever. It's cute. It's whatever. You know, it sort of mm-hmm. makes the point. But his delivery of it made yeah. it exceptional. Because it could have been extremely sappy. Right, right, you know? right. And then... And did you notice his walk? He adopted a different walk for this movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Definitely not one of his from his thriller movies. Yeah. He has... Uh, you know, first of all, I, I was madly in love with him. In Before Sunrise? No, in the character that he's playing. Oh, in, tonight, in today's thing, in Maggie's plan. Okay, yeah, did you run that, with him? that character. Yeah, well, I did. Um, yeah. I can see how you like these cerebral, yeah, not so good. Not so good. Types. Anyway, so for me, this was a very important movie. You know, there's nothing like when a movie totally mirrors your life, you know? Now, but, what about throughout the film? Did you hold to that opinion, or did you find him too feckless? And kind of a William oh, no, Hurt, accidental Taurus kind of, he's still your type. Oh, that's um, funny. You know, I'm curious about you. What aspect of me? Every aspect of you. Okay, but so so anyway, he's married. He meets somebody, leaves the mar- the person he was married to for someone else. For someone who loved his book. Uh-huh. So if she loved his uh, book, he had okay, to love her, you, you know. Okay, and then the person he left his wife for says about his, you know, his wife, oh, she was so self-centered. He was a psychiatric nurse to her. Uh-huh. Another great line of, you know, Mm -hmm. using a psychiatric nurse, juxtapositioning it into a relationship where, because, you know, I've always believed in in human relationships and love relationships. One person always loves another more. The love is never equal. Oh, but it's some. That's a little depressing. <laughs> well, it isn't depressing because if if it's a good relationship, it shifts. Oh. So you know, one year you might be more, you know, you might be more loving. Another year, the other person might be more loving. But I've never believed that love is equal. Well, it's a great setup line in the script because he it says is. to Greta Gerwig, fresh from Mistress great America. Script. He says, you know, in every relationship, one person's the rose and the other person's the gardener. And my wife is definitely the rose. Great And as the script progresses, you realize he might be that rose in disguise that she foresaw. And we have to say his wife is played, of course, by Julianne Moore. Who, you know, first of all, she's supposed to be Danish, and it sounds to me like she's doing a German accent. It did sound a little Germanic. Yeah, not, you know, she didn't nail the accent, so it's very hard for me because every time she opens her mouth, you think it's going to be Julianne Moore, and it's this woman trying to speak with an accent. I know a Danish accent, mm-hmm. and that's not it. She did a German accent, and not it, okay. It was definitely more Germanic, but I gotta say, I loved her in this role. I thought she was like a little space alien she was assassin great, but with she just her need, Star Trek hair. But when she spoke, it was a problem. The, the accent was wrong. But, it was. But I thought she was terrific. But why not just change it to German? Because frankly, German would have worked just as well as Danish, if not better. Because what she was supposed to be an expert in was very Germanic anyway in its approach. So I think it would have been better if they maybe, just let her be German. Maybe Danish was quirkier. Oh. But you know what? That's the one thing, Rewatching it, I thought, why would the Danish woman be the one who didn't know how to skate or snowshoe? I mean, I know there's a lot of Danes well, that, that was, live in but Copenhagen. But I think that was the whole still, point. I thought that was supposed to be funny. She was a funny. bad winter sport Dane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even though... the great even. Dane. The, the New Yorkers is, were better at winter sports. I loved I loved... The, the casting was perfect. Yes. 
Okay, the costumes were perfect, Another... except for Julianne Moore's. Oh, I liked I didn't her see her wearing those outfits, though. Oh, I thought it went with the whole space alien European yeah, look. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, last week when we were talking about me before you, we said her clothes were Am like... Am I still before you? I just You're still before me. Okay, yes. Ahead, you know, Greta Gerwig is supposed to be a Quaker in this movie, and her clothes were their own little character with those yellow thick tights and the practical shoes. Now, did you see her in Frances Ha? I saw the beginning of Francis. We talked about this before. You didn't love. You didn't. When I realized it was just in black and white, yeah. it didn't. It didn't grab me at the beginning. Uh, this this role was made for her. She's very and good. And she in should it. be grateful to have found it. You know, mm-hmm. I think this is. You know, I. I'm sure. I don't know that it'll. It'll see any sort of awards around it. You know, it's certainly doing well. It did well in the film festivals, and then mm-hmm. Sony picked it up, which yeah. is always a good sign. But I just. I just think this role was made for that face. She is oh, yep. fabulous. And you know, another person who had a small part, but a perfect part, is Wallace Shawn. Of course, from The Prince's Bride to The Good Wife. Inconceivable. Wait, wait, he plays at the very beginning when Ethan Hawke is dallying. Let's see, now I'm talking like the people from Maggie's Plan. But he's with Greta Gerwig, and he goes, oh, shoot. And he runs off, and you don't know what he's late for. And he's late to be on a panel with his wife. Talking about oh, right, right, an right, academic right, right. day, and Wallace Shawn's the You're moderator right. who now you can't come you saw them. him actually in person, wasn't he? Somebody Thank who you doesn't for bringing that uh, up. Yeah, I think I scared him a little at the Chain Hotel. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was with a friend. I said, you know, don't turn around, but there's a Harvard alum behind you who's you know a Hollywood yeah. famous. Per- I think they were expecting Matt Damon, but yeah, Wallace Shawn, very very talented. Okay, speaking of Harvard, smart mm. girl, because <laughs> actually, <laughs> okay, so. Um, John is described in the screenplay. If you read the screenplay, Mm -hmm. um, John, the character John, is described as one of the bad boys of fictocritical anthropology. How funny was that? Okay, well, first of all, I looked it up, and it's Mm. such a there is such a thing. There is such a thing, and you know what's really funny is I majored in anthropology. Please give me a break. And when I saw the movie, I didn't know it was a thing. And somebody asked Rebecca Miller that in my it is a thing. She said what's so funny is when she was adapting it for the big screen, she didn't know it was a thing. And after she had finished the movie, she was googling around and realized not only is it a thing but they have their own association okay well here's what it okay so i I went and read it on wikipedia Mm. and here's what it says but i figure i have to ask the smart girl over there because i have no idea what this means basically ficto um critical anthropology is combining the divisions of fiction theory and criticism into stories and essays now what does that mean (laughs) could you please tell me what that means oh smart girl because frankly I don't get it. And Doesn't that just sum up the whole academic tone of I the movie? I don't know. Yes. You know? Well, it does because it's absurd. Uh-huh. What does that mean? And yet it has to do oh, with storytelling. I know. know. I'm, I'm not smarter than Wikipedia. I don't think I could clarify it any okay. better than that. But I thought it was a perfect choice. What is fictocritical anthropology anyway? Well, it is a way of writing about anthropology that blends ethnographic observation, storytelling, and like theory. Okay, now, all right, here's a, here's a little bit of trivia for you. You know, I love that. Okay, so what movie were, was Maya Rudolph and Ethan Hawken together? I didn't know they were in a movie together before I this. I know you didn't. I only know that she was in Bridesmaids. I mean, I know she's been in a million okay, things. Okay, I, I, I want credit. I want extra credit for stumping you. You get, you get an honorary Gattaca. degree. She was oh. in Gattaca. Uma Thurman was in that too, right? Well, that's how they met and got married, yeah. Oh, well, speaking of which, do you know how Rebecca Miller met her husband? Who, who is Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis. Day-Lewis. 
he came to her house because her father is... Arthur Miller. And so they were discussing the crucible. And okay. that's where she met Daniel Day-Lewis. But I think it's so interesting that both she and Daniel Day-Lewis are the offspring of famous writers. And this movie is about writers. Uh, it is. Isn't his, that funny? Yeah. His father was the Poet Laureate of England, right. Cecil Day-Lewis. A lot, a lot of DNA stuff going on in there in a very good way. And I mean, talk about good DNA. Her mother is the famous Austrian photographer, Inga Morat. And her photos, at least a few of them, were seen in that documentary that Anderson Cooper did on mm. his mother, Gloria Vanderbilt. Yeah. She posed for Inga Morat. That's Rebecca Miller's mother. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Bill Hader, I gotta say it again. You really loved I him. Do. He I was love terrific, him. but I thought the whole cast was terrific. Very, very good. And I love it when they're walking their kids in their strollers, uh-huh. and she says to him, uh-huh. "Our little, <laughs> uh, our little, our little, uh, you know, Greta," and Greta says to him. Does, she, does he know how to walk? It's <laughs> true. His son is always in the stroller, stroller reading. And the, and, the, and, the, and the kid is in a stroller with a very thick book. Uh-huh. The, you know, the kid's maybe two years old. I've decided to embrace the mystery of the universe and stop bossing everybody around so much. Good luck with that, bossy pants. There are just so many details that were so clever and so entertaining. And the thread of it, though, had a serious elk to it. You know, it, it does have a serious really, elk. Really, did. It does. And you know what I thought really made this script? What? Because I thought it was super original, and you know I love original. You know, in most of these comedies that have some kind of romantic story thread, you're supposed to kind of root, I guess, for the person in the big, thick yellow tights that she's going to find love or find her happy ending. I Where loved... are you coming up with yellow tights? Is that from last week's Me with Before You? Oh, she wore yellow tights throughout this movie. Oh. Okay. Yeah. You don't remember the thick tights and the sense of the I remember shoes the tights, the but vests. I didn't know they were yellow. I felt like everything she had would smell <laughs> like wet wool because it was snowing and cold. Well, you know and... how she dressed? Catastrophe. She dresses very similar to the woman in Catastrophe. And, you, and remember, and I think that woman dresses terribly. And you love I the love way the she dresses. I'm yes. not saying I would dress like that, but I like Sharon Horgan's outfits. I yeah. think it's, it's quirky. Well, it's very similar. Very mm-hmm. similar. Yeah. Baker chic in this movie. Um, but I love that when she gets the guy, she just wants to give him back. Do you want to hear your horoscope? No. He's totally self-absorbed. I'm terrified that I'm falling out of love with him. It's too bad you can't give him back to his ex-wife, right? <laughs> I think that's what makes the script so fresh. When she... No, it wasn't... That's not what happened. I mean, I know there's a two-year oh delay. No, it's not a two-year delay. that's what makes it original is she wants to get him back with his original But not wife. because... No, she wants to leave with no guilt. But she does want to give him back. Well, she, she doesn't wants, want to keep him. She wants to give him back because she wants to leave with no guilt. But she doesn't want to give him back because she is just that person. She wants to give him back because once again, she misread what she thought she was getting. But I love that she didn't want to keep him. Okay. I mean, I don't love that she didn't want to keep him, but I thought that made the storyline very original, that they didn't just go off into the sunset. The love doesn't work this way. You can't take everything and stuff it back in the box. It's the tragic flaw in my plan. Surprise so. ending, though, by the way, I knew right away. Mm-hmm. I knew a third of the way in, oh, okay, that's clearly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, the night that it all happens, you're, you know immediately what's going to happen. And even when Julianne Moore looked at her and said, your thinking license has been revoked, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I liked the setup of this movie very much. Uh-huh. Um, 
Julianne Moore, I think if there's a weak link, it was Julianne oh, Moore. Oh, I loved her in this. Yeah. yeah. Even though you're admitting her accent was wrong, how can you love somebody who gets the accent wrong? Now, you say this, but you said that even Will Smith's accent went in and out in concussion. Yeah, but I didn't... Well, I did Remember me that. in Spotlight where I was driven nuts by the Boston accents? Yeah, I, I was like, hey, that stuff mm-hmm. really matters to you. I'm shocked to hear you say that. Um, but I thought it was a very... See, the reason it's okay for me is because that stuff doesn't really bother me so much, but bothers you. I mean, she got the accent wrong. Does that not matter? Maggie, what are you doing here? John and I are in trouble. There might be an opportunity to get the two of you back together. You want to make sure you don't feel guilty, so you're going to manipulate us all. Leave. 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 Please, For, oh, you leave want me to leave? House. Okay, I'm leaving. Okay, leave, sorry. Leave. I loved the setup between the American woman and the European woman. I thought it was a very interesting dynamic. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, I've got that she was European. Sure. Then get the accent right or be German. <laughs> like, they could have, you know, if the, once they realized she couldn't get it, they should have made her German because it was a German, perfect German accent. Well, I guess, you know, Germanic, Scandinavian, linguistic neighbors. Danish, so interesting. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, can I talk about the opening of this a little bit? Please do. Okay. The opening sequence, do you remember when um, Learning to Drive had that sequence where it opens and he's walking down the street? Do I remember that? I remember they have their spats. No, we talked about how well he walks down the street and you know exactly. Oh, Ben Kingsley's walk. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And that was the opening. This had a similar opening where she's walking down the street. In her tights and her sensible shoes. Okay, and she doesn't have to speak for you to begin to take in who she is. That's right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of opening, I'm seeing it more and more. It is a convention, and the movie's called Maggie's Plan, and we immediately meet Maggie. First character you see. I liked that opening walking sequence. I thought it was really Mm -hmm. well done. Really well done. And then she immediately meets Bill Hader, who continues the walk with her, and you get both their backstories immediately. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, another actor I loved in this is the Australian actor Travis Fimmel, who played Guy. I thought he was mesmerizing. Very good. Very well Mm -hmm. done. Right. There are only 17 actors credited in this movie. That's how much these these actors carry I know, and I asked you earlier, we we rarely talk about a movie before we start podcasting, but... I just, I'm, it's an independent film. What is it about films? You don't have to spend a lot of money to get it right. Mm-hmm. I just wondered what they were paid. Any idea what they were paid? I don't know. I, I have the feeling they were drawn to the project sure, of because course, of the yeah. rich material. I know Rebecca Miller, she didn't disclose it at the festival. And I know on Box Office Mojo, the budget's yeah. not available. Well, Tim, Tim Miller got it right. You know, this was Woody Allen from a female perspective, which makes it even better. Mm-hmm. And about time, Rebecca, do more of them for us. Yes, and one last thing about Rebecca Miller. Did you know she started out as an actor herself? What was she in? Um, a lot of forgettable movies, as she would say. And she said she was so thrilled that her movies were all flops because that's what drove her into writing. Huh. So she said if her films had been successful, she would have stayed an actor. And even at the time, her friends were like, but you hate having attention drawn to your face. Why do you want to be an actor? Then she started writing and directing one of the few out there. Well, it's funny because Daniel Day-Lewis is a bit of an odd duck, and he only (laughs) takes a few parts. And what happens is he spends a year or two years getting into the role before production really takes place. And it couldn't help but wonder, since she was writing this, if he becomes that guy who's totally self-obsessed with becoming Lincoln so the whole household 
you know, has to oh. tiptoe around him while he's becoming that guy. And I thought, she's writing from a great knowledge point of view, and I did happen to wonder if what? she was seeing a sense of her own husband and, and the character. It could be the opposite. Yeah. He was not at the Miami right? Film Festival. That's true. So I assumed he was home with the kids. Okay. And she wrote and directed The Ballad of Jack and Rose, and he starred, of course, in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, do more for us. <laughs> and we'll hope that you'll listen in next week. Bye.